The Landlord and Lawyer Podcast with Ben Beadle and Tessa Shepperson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Landlord and Lawyer Podcast. He's Ben Beadle, who's the landlord. And she's Tessa Shepperson. She's the lawyer. And for our very first episode, we're going to be talking to property specialist Kate Faulkner, who I think was, we, we both thought of Kate, didn't we, as being our first guest. Yeah, I worked with Kate a lot at TDS uh, through the Charitable Foundation. She did a number of reports for us. And you know, she's widely recognised as uh, being uh, an expert in the property field. So what, what a better person uh, to start with. Well, absolutely, yes. So here is our interview with her. So we are absolutely delighted to have with us today as our very first guest on the Landlord and Lawyer podcast, Kate Faulkner. Hi, Kate. Hey, how you doing? Great to see you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're great. Well, you're great, aren't you, Ben? <laughs> I'm um, not bad for a wet Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Um, Kate, before we start um, talking about the subject matter which we're going to discuss today, which is these UPRN property number plate things, just tell us a bit about yourself so people know, well I'm sure most people will know who you are, but um, you know who you are and what you do. Um, so basically I am hugely passionate about the fact that I think most of the housing problems would disappear if people understood how to carry out property projects better. That might be investing in buy-to-let, that might be dealing with a property management query, it might be hanging a door, building a home, whatever it is. So um, I kind of jumped out of my sales and marketing life and decided I was gonna solve all of these problems uh, many moons ago, um, not quite realizing what I was taking on. So what I do, what I sort of uh, honed that into is, um, I've got a really good grasp of the property market. So mm -hmm. we understand property prices. We understand the rental market. Uh, we know when the stats are telling us porky pies, uh, which is very important for uh, the investment community. Uh, and from there, because I understand the market, we then give a lot of advice, basically, whether it's, should I invest now? Is it right for me? And we don't necessarily say yes or no, but what we do do is point people in the right direction and most importantly, connect them with companies or organizations that are the absolute best. So this isn't the most trusted marketplace. Um, so if you want to know whether it's a good agent, good legal company, whatever, or how to find a good legal company um, or survey or something, that's where we focus. So my job is if you've got a property question, if you've got a property problem, come to us, mostly through propertychecklist.co.uk, and we've either got the answers there for you, or we even do a sort of bespoke service. You can just uh, click the contact us, send in your question, and we'll go find the best, best people to answer. And I'm sure, Tessa, you have helped me with some of those answers in the past. <laughs> May have done. <laughs> I sneakily ask a lot of favours. Yeah. And Kate, are you a landlord? Hey, I have been a landlord. I'm not a landlord at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, and I've also um, looked after uh, my mate, my mates went away for a year and I looked after their property, uh, which was just, we couldn't, we had, I think, every problem that you could possibly imagine. Um, and uh, so we looked after that. But 
my main understanding really of buy to let in the landlord community is I work with some of the big agents. So um, I've been dealing with uh, companies that have 25, 50,000 uh, uh, land properties on their books that are rented out. So we have a very good sort of grasp from whether you're a landlord with just one property or you've got 200, mm. um, uh, whatever your scale is, we've got quite a good grasp of what, what's happening. Um, when you add the property market analysis to that as well, and the fact that we do so many Q and A's for everybody, uh, just means we're quite useful to have in your back pocket. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about this um, property number plate system. Okay. I had never heard of these before. And I, I read an article, I think it was on The Negotiator, about these. And I thought, what on earth are they? And they sound really interesting. Kate, I think you know a bit about them. Can you explain to us and tell us what they are? I, I can. So um, I have to say, I never thought this was going to be something I would be talking about at length. But this is like finding a little holy grail in the property market that none of us really knew existed. So they're called unique property reference numbers, UPRNs. And effectively, every property in the country has one. And mm. they are unique to them. So the best way to think about it is if you have a, a, all our cars have number plates. And it is exactly the same system. And you kind of hear about that and you think, how on earth are you going to talk for this long <laughs> about a number plate for houses? Um, but I'll, if I explain the reason as to why we uncovered them and then we've really um, got the government to use them uh, uh, quite effectively, I think, for the future, is this all came out of a working group from the Lettings Industry Council. Now, Lettings Industry Council has been a, a really amazing group of everybody involved in the rental sector, including uh, NRLA. Um, and uh, we have landlords, tenant groups, uh, lenders, uh, legal companies, you name it. And the idea was that we wanted to improve the, the private rental sector. So it was a very sort of wide ranging um, uh, brief. And as part of that, one of the things that we felt was most important was to regulate agents. So we fought very hard, not only to regulate agents, but also to get the industry to agree, how would you like them regulated? Rather than giving the government 10, 15 different ideas, let's just give them one or two. So a group was set up to have a look at this and they came to, after a long, lot of hard work, um, a really interesting conclusion. If you really want a better private rented sector, it's not good enough just to regulate agents. You need to regulate the property itself. And of course the existing system, which I must admit I'm not a massive fan on, is licensing. Um, but we wanted every single property to have what we call a property MOT. And this is kind of where the car analogy comes in beautifully. So it's something that tenants would understand. That basically exists now. Some agents are using it. It's a two or three page um, uh, pieces of paper. And it lists all of the things that you need and the information so that a tenant or an agent and a landlord can know this property is legally and safely let from the day it's marketed. And we wanted this, we want this to be the future, if you like, of regulating the private rented sector, just as we want regulating agents um, to, to be enforced. So if you imagine now putting that together, they have that in the car market, 
But what we haven't had up until now is a number plate recognition mm. that will link together all of the gas safety, electrical safety, EPCs, etc. All of that paperwork that you now need, which is horrendous, really, but it is required mm. to, to let a property legally, uh, legally and safely. And what we want is for that property, you cannot advertise. We, in the future, this is what we'd like to get through to uh, our government. You cannot advertise a property in the future unless it's got a property MOT. And by having this UPRN, that allows us to deliver the property MOT. So it's a means to an end. And, and presumably, Kate, then you know, in, this, in the same vein, that it, it will also allow the identification of properties that, that don't necessarily meet that standard or that don't have those documents. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, I mean, you referenced licensing, as you well know. Uh, licensing is a big bugbearer of mine. I shall uh, keep it uh, polite for this uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> I wrote a whole paper on this. I, I came to it without any view on it at the start. By the time I'd finished it, I was furious. Yes. And I would, if I could scrap it tomorrow, I absolutely would. And I really believe it should be replaced with a property MOT. I feel very strongly. And that, and that was going to be my question. So, you know, it, from the point of view of, of, of landlords, actually this system uh, in, 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 in some regards does away with the need for licensing because you can at a glance see whether a property is safe, legal or compliant. Absolutely. And the beauty is, one of my real issues with licensing is um, it means nothing to tenants. No. And they're never going to check it. So it's, it's useless. And I can't explain it as a consumer person. I can't really explain it because you only get a minute or two. Quite. Uh, um, um, I mean, where do you think the local authority then fits in to this? Because obviously, you know, uh, licensing is a local authority uh, creation, as it were, to, you know, improve the private rented sector. Um, but in reality, you and I both know it, 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 it doesn't do that. And it, it simply milks landlords for a lot of cash uh, without little benefit in return. So yeah. local authorities and any consumer would have access to this information. And invariably, they're already documents that, that landlords have in place. But in, you know, is it like a hip of the of, uh, back in the day? No, no, no nobody likes hips. You're not no, quite. <laughs> how, how does it work in practice then? I mean, say, I mean, would would there be a database where people could log in and see whether a property has a gas safety certificate? Oh, you've just you've just dreamed my utopia, our utopian world, our utopian world. And just to kind of just go back a little bit, rather than sort of looking at hips or something, just go back to our car analogy. Mm. You know, you go on to, uh, when you want to renew your um, tax, uh, well, you don't want to renew it, you have to do it. When you renew your tax and you have to provide your MOT information, it's all linked up, isn't it? And then when the police, the police will often do uh, this amazing thing, which is where licensing was supposed to work. And, and I think it's worked in the councils that took it on for the right reasons. I don't sure. think it's worked in the ones that haven't, but there's still too many limits. But as far as the um, property MOT is concerned in the councils, councils are going to have way, way too much work over the next few years with everything that's happening now. And what I would say to the councils is, look, we have a much cheaper, a much easier system for you to identify or the ability to create a much better system for you to identify rogue landlords that doesn't cost everybody a fortune or do what the councils have done 
which is create an administrative nightmare. And punish uh, good landlords. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, a, I'm here in Nottingham and I think, is it it's 10 million bad. they've taken? Mm. And the last count was they'd issued 437 licenses. Might have up a little bit, but yeah, yeah. we can't, we can't, you can't do, if that was a private, if that was a private organisation, they'd have been absolutely slam dunked by the government, but it's okay because it's a council. It's mm. not okay. And also the worst thing is, it's not delivering to tenants. No. It's taking money out of landlords' pockets and it's not rewarding the good guys. And that's what, when I look right across the property market, because that's where I work and you do get a really good understanding of where we go wrong. The biggest problem in the property market is we punish the good guys and we reward the rogues. And I think, you know, there's a big issue around landlord confidence, Kate, isn't there? Uh, uh, not just linked to licensing and, and condition, but generally the, you know, the, 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 the view of a, an, anti an anti-landlord stance from, from government. And I think, you know, if we, if we can move to a more fairer way, uh, to ensure safe, legal, and secure homes. That yeah, that's that's good for both sides, isn't it? Well, it is, but you got it. So let's just step in the tenant shoes. I think to myself, get up one morning. I don't know. I've maybe fallen in love again. Not sure that will ever happen. But it's <laughs> and I think well, let's move in together. Well, I'm only going to rent. I'm not going to risk buying out with anyone again. <laughs> so I go and rent that property. Where's the first place that I'm going to turn? I've rented sector. Well, the port, uh, well, it's going to be one of the portals. Sure, sure. Yeah. Now, while we have no regulated agents, and while we have no regulation for a property, which is what we're proposing, how many properties on those portals are being rented that have a Category 1 hazard and are classed as a non-decent home? I know that's not a brilliant way of classing homes, but on average, a third of homes in this country, in the private rented sector, have a Category 1 hazard. That might be something as tiny as some bare wire and stuff like that, or might be something as serious as um, that, that would cause harm, basically. Yep. So we, we, we can't allow and shouldn't allow tenants to be viewing properties that, are, that, that aren't checked for their legal and safe um, delivery, because it means that all the good guys are paying all that money to deliver a legal and safe um, uh, property and they're not getting rewarded hmm. what, what, how cost you cannot it's almost that the government is supporting and i know they don't like it when i say this but i'm going to keep banging it on the government effectively is supporting the roads in the private rental sector and they're doing exactly the same just to open it out a bit in in the building sector because the cowboy builders charge cash don't charge vat don't pay tax and don't give you any warranties so if the work goes wrong, you've got you've got no recourse. No recourse. Yeah. Well, why would you reward that? Why wouldn't you just reduce VAT to five percent, which they have everywhere else, and at least support the good guys? We have to get and the government. This is one thing I've really I have to apologise for because I failed to get the government to understand that. And until they understand that they're supporting the rogues and their policies support the rogues, because purely because of a lack well of a lack of enforcement, but you can't enforce it. Licensing yeah. happens too late. Mm. So you're dealing with this at the very outset when people are able to make an informed choice Correct. about the property they not even want to move into, the property they want to go and view. Yeah. And if you, we're talking about we, all the tenant groups bang on about giving power to the tenants. Mm. 
Well, what better power than if it hasn't got property MOT, don't touch it with the barge pole. So we could use these, 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 this number plate system, this, this property ID system. Um, so how, how would it work? I mean, I understand that they've been confidential up to now and, and there's been a change so that they... Well, they, they've been around for ages. Mm. And some um, different organisations use them already um, to identify properties. But what we haven't had is they haven't been open source. Mm hmm but sort of free of charge so that everybody can have access to them. So now what we want to do, um, and it is going to take a little while. I, I, if I could deliver this to everybody tomorrow, I kind of would, um, especially if it was mandated by the government. That would speed it up dramatically, but yeah. they're, they're busy at the moment. But, but this, could, this is one of the massive things. I mean, you know, I'm sure most landlords are worried about sort of things like Section 21 and all this, that and the other. This could make an enormous difference overnight. Mm. Regulating Kate... agents, regulating the property, it could change the industry overnight. And basically, what we need is for every certificate that a landlord needs to prove they're letting that property legally and safely, we need a UPRN number on there. If we've got a UPRN number on all of those, then imagine you've got some clever IT guys and they link those all together. And hopefully, in the future, there'd be one database that you could go to, a bit like you can with EPCs now, you can mm. put in a property address. And yeah. it'll come up and say whether you've got an EPC already. Well, we're just asking for a, a few more a few more rows, I think they yeah. call it in IT. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Oh, you're so techie, Kate, aren't you? I know. <laughs> I know. Just, just give me the deal, I'll sort it. A couple of rows um, extra, guys, and we're done. <laughs> and, and do you think landlords have got anything to fear by this system uh, or, or by the cost of this system? Because that's one of the big criticisms of licensing, isn't it? You know, the, 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 the cost and the perceived return, which in, in my view is, is diddly squat, to be frank. But, um, uh, you know, how, how, how do you sell this to landlords, do you think? I, I actually can't see that it would do anything but reduce the costs for mm. everybody. And that's what I love about this. Because reduce costs for government, reduce costs for local authorities, reduce costs for agents. And reduce costs for landlords because at this moment in time you've got to file everything in all these different places well if it's all done for you because i'm talking about a couple of extra rows for the certificates ben but yeah. i only want i only want one little box to put a uprn in on all of the other systems that create epcs electrical safety all of those other certificates that you have for a home and it it doesn't just work in the landlord sector when you're renting think about planning permission think about building regs think about all of the other things so we're looking um i also run a group called the home uh the home buying and selling group and we're looking at how we can integrate these both between the rental sector and the property buying and selling sector so that we can make it easier to identify all the other certificates that you need when buying and selling again help to landlords when they're doing that um but there are the next thing that's coming on, which will be great, and the best way I can describe it is, um, you know when you buy and sell a house, I don't know about you, but um, I have a big lever arch file and stick all the paperwork in it. And that is about as techie, the technology version of that is you scan it all in. Imagine, imagine the day when you say, I'm gonna put my property on a market and somebody has a digital file on your property all linked to that UPRN number and everything that's happened to that property over the years is all documented. Think about not every buyer and seller having to create that 
uh, uh, lever arch file. Not every solicitor or legal company having to do it from scratch. The surveyor gets all the information up front before they visit the property. The lender has the info, the broker. This saves huge, huge amounts of the opportunities. It's, it's this tiny little thing, like you say, Tessa, none of us have ever heard of. But if we all got behind it, it would absolutely re revolutionize our ability to deliver safe homes. Mm. And that's what everybody wants at the end of the day, yeah. because I think, obviously, uh, from a renter's perspective, and actually, the vast, vast majority of, of, of landlords do not set out to uh, become uh, non-compliant. On the contrary, they want to, they want yeah. a framework that they know is going to be absolutely safe as houses, as, as, it, as, it, as it were. They don't want to trip up. Yeah, um, and, and there's a lot going on. What I would say to landlords is, look, you wouldn't believe this is just one part, one tiny part of work that's going on to try and make everybody's lives better in the property space. Um, it just happens to be this daft name, which has been around for a long time, that we've just never utilised um, that could just make such a difference. Um, um, but there's tons of stuff going on, which is which um, I, it'll take a few years for us to get through. Because don't forget, we talk about ourselves as an industry, but we've we've got hundreds of sectors that we quite. work across, and we have to bring everybody with us, um, and uh, we have to get them all. I, I call it. I have to get everybody through this, the gate at the same time, and that's not easy. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> and, and where do you think you know, in the enforcement piece fits in with this thing, Kate? Because you know, local authorities argue. Uh, that uh, you know, with with licensing, um, it, you know, it's obviously easier to identify those those non-compliant landlords. So, have you got a view in in terms of uh, how that might dovetail with this system? Well, the thing I love about it is that if you're a good landlord, and you can show that you've got the property MOT, for example, um, you'd just be left alone. Quite. Because you're doing everything everybody's asked. And yes, of course, the world, somebody will say, oh, yes, but there'll be fraud. But I'm a kind of real, I'm sort of business through and through, really. And there's, there's a, you have your 80-20 rule. So if you get 80% compliance, then all, all the councils have to worry about is the 20%. But in actual fact, in this case, it'll be something like the 98% will comply. Quite. And the 2% won't. To be fair, because I do agree with a lot of the fines that are in place, I have no problem with anybody fining banning taking properties off a bad landlord but unfortunately i think and i know and i've learned a lot of this from yourselves actually um at the nrla because you highlighted that there's difference between rogue and criminal landlords and landlords that don't know what they're doing quite yeah and when i'm online i don't know how many times people post and say oh can you just tell me what i need to do to reference a tenant yeah, it's and frightening I'm, isn't it I'm like having a heart that you don't know how many heart attacks I have a day <laughs> that people think it's all right to ask on Facebook. Yes. So I do my little bit and I say, join the NRLA user, Arla Ulrich's agent, member agent for etc. Did you know there's 400 rules and regulations? Um, some people come back and say, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to do a tenant and whereas others you know you tend to get lots of likes and everything but it's super scary um that people inherit a home my, my biggest worry where this happens is people inherit a home 
And then um, I had somebody, they rented, they inherited mum's house, rented it out with all the furniture in, didn't, didn't even look up what do I do. And this is the problem. People don't even look up what do I need to do to rent a home. While I was out with this guy, he was, um, got a call. He said, oh, I've got a bit of a problem, Kate. I don't know if you can help me. And the tenant had taken all the furniture out into the garden because they were having a breakdown and set fire to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not ideal. Like, well, have you done this? Have you done that? And he's like, no, we just met her in the pub. Yeah. Why why would you do that with such a significant investment? I mean, why? Why wouldn't you? God, that's a wrong question. Forgive me, but it's a wrong question to ask. Why wouldn't you? That's what we have to understand. Mm. Because what is there that has ever told that person that's not okay to help somebody who's in need of a home? Quite, quite. And, and I mean, do you think that, you know, one of the things potentially coming down the track and, you know, we hear it raised from, from, from time to time is this sort of landlord register. Um, you know, is, is, do landlords have anything, does this fit in with a landlord register? I appreciate it's a property register more than anything else. Uh, and do you think that the two are complementary or is this creating one by default? Be interested in your views on that. Yeah. So I, I, the problem with the landlord register is, that's a huge undertaking. Mm. It's massive. And what makes more sense uh, is regulating the agents. Yep. So that landlords almost don't need to have a reason to do this themselves, apart from the ones that are, can do it full time and can be a professional. So, my, so coming in this a different way, my advice to a landlord is, as an absolute minimum, you must, must belong to the NRLA or local authority or some sort of thing. Or landlord law. (laughs) Or landlord law, of course. Quite right. Uh, You must, must belong to an organisation like that. You cannot possibly run a lettings business or let a property without that as an absolute, as an absolute minimum, because Mm. you have to, you have to understand what you're doing. And, and the other side of it is if you're working full time, you should really to me, be outsourcing it to uh, Arla or to a Rick's member agent um, because I can't keep up with all of the law and I have five or six people that I have, I have to go to when I'm writing all my articles to make sure that I've got it right. We've just written about the electrical stuff. I must have done, you know, we've gone to NAPIT, have been very helpful. We've gone to lots of different people because we've had a bit of a misunderstanding and I wanted to get it right. Um, so it's terribly complicated. You only have to go on holiday for a week and you miss something. You, only have to, you know, let's face it, be through an awful time, pop in a hospital for a couple of weeks for, you know, for an operation or something. You've just broken the law and you've got no idea. Yeah, quite. So, and a lot of these things are strict liability. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't understand that even if they then give their property to an agent, they are still liable as the landlord. I mean, you, you know that better, better than myself, guys. But... For me, if you regulate the agents and you regulate the property and you're not allowed to advertise that property unless it's safe and legal to let, why would you need landlord registration? Yeah. You, you could implement, I've got no problem to some extent, I don't know how you feel about it, implementing the, the Welsh system, but actually I think that's a, that's a little weaker because it is only an afternoon's course. Indeed. 
to manage and property management. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not an admin person. So nobody in their right mind would let me anywhere near managing a property. I would be useless and I would break the law within the first two months. Um, unfortunately, I'm quite obsessed understanding my strengths and weaknesses. Not everybody else is. And they think their mindset is I'm saving money if I don't give this. Yeah, money. sure. I mean, there's or, a, yeah. They've had a bad agent experience because that agent was not regulated and it let them down. So yeah. for me, regulate agents, regulate the property with an MOT, and then let's see if we actually need landlord registration. Because yeah. you might not need it. If you need it for anything, you need it for tax purposes. Sure, sure, and 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 I guess in some respects, you know, you've got deposit protection, you've got uh, you've got redress, you've got a whole range of things that are in. Chances are the the database is already there across a number of services. Uh, you know, why do you need to to to, to reinvent it? Yeah. So I suppose it, they just need to link them together, really. So there needs to be a way of linking all these things together, and yeah. tying them up with the UPRN number. Yes. Uh, and perhaps some sort of flagging system. So if something's missing, a sort of a, a beep comes up, you know? <laughs> I'm so going to capture that and make sure that is the noise it makes. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then if there's a link to it on the portal, you know, there'll be a big, a big sort of red alarm come up. Absolutely. For that, for that property. So, so they'll know we're through the portals. Yeah. And maybe you get a little bit, I don't know, this might be a bit cruel, it might be the right way to do it, but maybe you get a little bit of leeway to fix the problem but if it doesn't then it does get flapped up to the authorities yeah i mean a bit... day, you know if, if you haven't got that certificate in and and the house burns down it's not in your interest not i'd rather have a five grand fine if i messed up than my tenants killed because i didn't get Absolutely. the right certificate and yeah. the right protection so i think we have to kind of stand back from it and look at the most sensible it's about a sensible, and you mentioned it earlier, Ben, which I thought was a great phrase, is we've just got to have a fair system. And at the moment, the system isn't fair to tenants and it's not fair to landlords. And let's face it, it's 25, it's 25 years out of date. Yes, quite. And I think that, I mean, there is an interesting piece there, and it's maybe one for a future uh, podcast, but this, this perception on both sides of the fence that, you know, the other side is, be is significantly better yeah. off than, than, than the other. And I think as an association, we see that very closely. You know, we have our members that think that, well, and to a, to a point they're right, taxation, regulation, uh, you know, uh, issues at the moment on possession and, 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 and the like. And then you have the tenant groups that say, well, actually, there's a significant power imbalance. Um, yeah. I suspect the truth is somewhere in the middle, but it, you know, it's an interesting dynamic of the, of the current situation, I think. It is, and for me, it says it's not working. Indeed, um, absolutely right. I think that um, the bit that I get really frustrated at, and I do try and hold my tongue in some of these meetings, but I, I don't manage it all the time. Um, but then, you see, I can say stuff and it doesn't, doesn't matter, <laughs> whereas you kind of have to still be a little bit more polite than me. Indeed. Um, but for me, the... Um, what they're doing, what the government's doing, is it's tinkering with the existing system. Yeah. And Julie Rugg, I think, did a fantastic report. She's done one in uh, 2006, she's done another one recently. And she said, this is an academic that had no vested interest whatsoever. She st stated, don't tinker with S Section 21. Please scrap the AST and redo it so that it's fair to both sides. 
Indeed. And it supports the good guys. This is what we have to go back to. We have a system that does not support good landlords or good letting agents. And that's why tenants are being failed. Mm. It's not bad landlords that are causing the problem. So I think probably we better wrap up. Um, so basically, we like the idea of the number plate system and the MOT. Um, what do we do to, to get a system set up? Because somebody's going to have to construct it um, and, and link all these things together and have a portal where, where these numbers can be accessed so you can see you know, what certificates and, and I don't know, building works and, yeah. and so on are linked to that particular property. Well, to some extent, it's happening already. So we've got this new industry coming through called the property logbooks. Mm -hmm. And that was originally set up for those Libra Arch files that I mentioned when you're buying and selling. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, because we've kind of got the Essings Industry Council and buying and selling group that work closely together, I'm saying, look, your property logbooks are as relevant to landlords as they are to somebody buying and selling. Um, and therefore, the systems they're building, there's other systems that we're building about capturing information to make the buying and selling process quicker. So if you think about it, there's already lots of organizations that have the technology to do this. Um, there is an EPC register already. So what we just have to do is to work with the electrical guys, the gas safety, Legionella, whatever it might be. And it's then a matter of working out. I mean, I'll make it sound easier for how we draw that together. Um, but, the but before we, could, we can make that next step, we needed the EPRNs to be yeah. and available. Now what we, and because these two working groups are working so hard together, um, I really think we've got the converse, the right people in the room talking to the right people like yourselves to make sure that we deliver something that really genuinely works where everybody can just, tenants and landlords can just heave, even councils, a massive sigh of relief. How long do you think it'll it'll take for this to, to come on board? I've no idea. No <laughs> idea. I'd love to I'd love to say you just add a couple of rows, folks, and you just add an extra cell there and we'll have it for Christmas. Okay. I, I think some techies might be sitting there laughing their socks off at my naivety. Um, so I would I would hope. I always think two years is a good good aim. Yeah. Um, particularly with everything that's going on at the moment, um, but it's IT, nobody needs to meet each other. Uh, it just, it's just about, think about, I've got to, if, if you think about it, it's getting through everybody, we've got to get everybody through that gate. Yeah. And uh, we've then got to see who's, who's going to be the slowest and why, um, and what can we do to help them. So you kind of go two steps forward, five back, roll it forward another two. Um, it's, it's, it's not something you can kind of do step one, two, three, when you're dealing with so many different entities. Um, but Kate, it, it, it's fair to say it's probably a, a step in the right direction away from the, the, the whack-a-mole approach to, to, to policy, isn't it? You know, uh, it, it's not tinkering. It's, it's, it's taking a, 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 a long-term plan to deal with bad landlords to uh, upskill uh, properties to, to the right sort of level and give that to the consumer in an easy package. And I think, you know, you link that with possession, you link that with other wider reform and you start to have a, a PRS that becomes a bit more fit for purpose rather than uh, a, a catch-all that is beginning to satisfy nobody. 
Yeah, yeah. and kind of the nice thing with this is this is nothing to do with policy. No, indeed, it's not. This is just practical and makes sense. Mm. So the only thing we'd like is from the government really is mandate is to mandate it. That's the way we get it done faster. Yeah. Um, but do you know what? Whether they mandate it or not, we're just going. The nice thing is, and I think this is what really stresses, there's so many people working so hard out there to get this done. That's how we've got to where we are. And we just need to do these two steps forward, five steps back. But we then know when we've gone five steps back, nobody's giving up now because we know we'll get there because we've yeah. got this. And this is a massive tick box for us. And now we've just got to go to the next stage. And also, I think for me, all this legislation has been coming in since 2004. And they're still complaining that it's not right. Well, somebody somewhere has got to really make a decision and go, do you know what? We've been introducing legislation to improve the private rental sector for the last 16 years, and we're still calling it the Wild West. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps the industry has a point, and maybe we should start listening to them, because they're, we are providing practical solutions to the problems that exist, rather than trying to meet agendas or hit political points. Yeah. Uh, and that's what this needs. These are practical problems we have. We can solve them, but we all have to talk to each other. And actually going even further back, that was the thing we had to do. Then, So we got everybody talking to each other in the industry. Then we got everybody working on this. Then we got the idea about the property MOT. And then suddenly we've got UPRNs. And then we've got now the freedom to use them. Actually, we've taken huge steps forward. Um, so we'll get we'll get there. Okay, well, look, that, that's brilliant. That's really fascinating, Kate. Thank you so much for coming along and talking to us about it um, and being our first guest well, on our I'm, podcast. I'm never first in anything. <laughs> I was third or fourth at school all the time, so this is, this is really nice. This is, my, this is my only first that I've ever received. Thank you very much. The pinnacle. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks, Kate. See you later. So Ben, that was that was fascinating, wasn't it? It was. I mean, Kate's a really good uh, ambassador for our industry, and it's great to see you know innovative ideas such as these starting to come to the fore. I know it's been sort of a long time in the planning, um, and as Kate says, you know it, this this is something that transcends the landlord and tenant relationship and focuses on the property. Uh, yeah. And it's actually what we all want: safe, yeah. legal, and secure homes. Tenants want a decent place to live, and as a landlord, I want to go to sleep at night knowing that you know I am compliant and uh, I've got all of the certification to keep me safe, legal, and secure. So it, it's certainly a fabulous idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just love the idea of being able to log into a website, you know, put the number in or put the address in and then be able to see, you know, you know, maybe the history of the property. Absolutely. And when you I, think about it, it, I mean, it's a little bit of a no brainer, isn't it? If you order something online, you, you know, you, you tend to look back at the reviews and what other people think and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, you know, you've got all of the tools at your disposal to, to know that you're moving into a property uh, that, that ticks all of the all of the boxes. And if you know that before you embark on a viewing, yeah. it's massively empowering 
to, to tenants in, in terms of making sure that they only select those types of homes. Uh, and, you know, potentially there's even a role for uh, portals to play in, in, in not displaying those uh, homes that, that don't meet that criteria. Absolutely. And it, I think it would be a good way to, you know, enforce these standards for the industry, because if you know your property is never going to be listed, if it hasn't got its gas safety certificate and there's a, um, there's a category one hazard registered against it, then, you know, people are going to deal with it, aren't they? Otherwise absolutely. they won't let the property. Indeed. Absolutely. Right. And I think you know, the other thing there is the, the how this, um, particular proposal, uh, works with licensing you know yeah. licensing as we as we said you know is a really really blunt tool that drives landlords on the whole uh mad actually if you've got a level playing field with with all properties um displaying their their level of compliance yeah. if you will then um you know it frees up local authorities uh it it, it frees up uh, a system that really is ineffective from, from from the point of view of both landlord and tenant and, and and serves it up in a far more palatable way because my tenants you know i've just moved some people into my hmos you know none of them have asked me whether it, the hmo is 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 regulated they probably don't even understand the concept of a hmo yeah. um uh, i i display my certificate and I send them a link to where I'm on uh, a HMO register, but I'm not so sure that anybody fully appreciates what that, what that means. Um, uh, if it was a, an online mechanism uh, such as this, I think uh, you know, the, 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 un the level of understanding uh, would be far greater. I think also it would be good because this would be a national system. I mean, at the moment, if you've got a property in one part of the country, you may have to pay over a thousand quid for a license. Mm. Whereas if you're in another part of the country, you know, you may not have to pay anything at all, which is really unfair when you think about it. It, it is. And, and local authorities will also have slightly different rules around yeah. uh, licensing uh, and, and enforcement as well that make it quite difficult uh, for, for you know for for landlords to get to grips with as you say particularly where they've they've got it over uh, multi um, multi uh, county boundaries and that that yeah. sort of stuff different local authorities so you know it's it's it it's a user friendly way of achieving compliance in a nutshell well let's hope they do it fingers crossed fingers crossed yes okay right well I think we better draw the first podcast to an end. Um, I'd like to uh, I'd like to thank um, Patrick who who did the editing and your bishop who did the uh, did the illustrations on the website and um, thank you Ben and thank you Tessa you're the landlord <laughs> and you're the lawyer don't we know it and uh, thank you everybody for listening and sign up to the mailing list and then you'll be notified when the next episode goes online thank you See you next time thank you. Thank you.